The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy. I'm Alfredo Artagas. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN, and you get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping. We are also brought to you by BetterEdge.com. Go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons. You get $25 as a sign-up bonus. And, of course, prize picks. Use the promo code 5, F-I-V-E, and you deposit $100. They'll match the $100, and it's a one-time rollover, which means if you bet it through, they give you $100. So, in other words, they're giving you $100. Take it. Use promo code F-I-V-E. All right, Simon. All right, we got to break down this Wales USA game from this afternoon. Uh, your thoughts on on that travesty? I mean, two appallingly bad teams. Um, you understand that our audience is like mostly in the United States, right? I mean, like, like I give a shit. Um, <laughs> two horrendously bad teams who would probably be beaten by a second or third tier team in uh, the English leagues. Um, and if United if the United States play like that on Friday against England, they will get an absolute spanking. So, yeah, you're not leaving yourself a lot of room here uh, on Friday. I don't, need, I don't need any room, mate. Really? Okay. Okay. That's a lot of confidence. Chris, do you share that confidence? With, 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 would you ever go out there like that with that much confidence? Uh, you, no, I just don't have that much confidence, period. But I, <laughs> the subject matter is, uh, it, is interesting because I'm, I'd, I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch my daughter uh, in her 19th consecutive hour playing Minecraft. Uh, I'm a great father, by the way. Um, then, uh, then continue to watch the, you know, continue to watch that game. So, <laughs> well, since we're talking about children uh, playing uh, Minecraft, uh, we're going to get into Zach Wilson a little bit. But uh, Dolphins made a huge move here at, at post uh, deadline. They signed RJ McIntosh. What the fuck does that have to do with Minecraft? Did you just segue that somehow? Yeah, somehow. Yeah. Zach Wilson. You know, with the kids, you know? Oh, I get it. Yeah, uh, Zach Wilson very famously uh, played Minecraft one time uh, and twitched it one time. Uh, it very, yeah, it's a very vague reference, but he actually did. Please never say for the kids again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the kids are doing these days. That's what they say these days. Ne- never say that. <laughs> what 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 would what would this podcast look like if we were doing like the podcast like you know like uh like four kids like you know we're we're, we're now we're now kids programming hmm. well i don't know our, our quarterback our two star our two most famous i guess players on the team it has to be two of and tyreek hill all they do is play video games all day and stream it so That's- we have that 
I mean, which I think, the, I think, which I is think as wholesome daughter, as you I think can my get. My daughter right? might be as tall as Tyreek Hill. I don't know. Yeah. And Tyreek Hill went to the Bahamas and was evidently got bored after two days and came back and started running on the field while our quarterback was lifting. So, yeah, you know, very wholesome stuff on, on this team. Love this team. Did you see that picture? That picture today. He's he's like he's practicing. He's wearing his sunglasses under his helmet. <laughs> yeah, you know, he used to do that. Mark Clayton used to do that. Did he really? <laughs> yes. And you can still find it. You could go uh, go to Google Images and look for Mark Clayton in the early '80s. He used to wear sunglasses under his under his helmet when he played. So yeah, he actually did that. Sweet. But yeah, they signed R.J. McIntosh. Um, he was a good college player. I didn't think he was much of a prospect, kind of a soft-bodied guy. Like I I don't I don't really understand the move. Uh he's played 4 years in the NFL, moderate success in a couple of places. Supposedly he had a good year in tw- in 2021 with the with the Saints. They kind of liked him over there. Um I don't get the move. Like I don't understand what void he's going to fill. He's going to be on the practice squad. They lost Ben Stilley. So I don't understand what RJ McIntosh, you know, what he fills or what he what he means to this team going forward, but it's a move, I guess. And if and if you look at the the hierarchy on the defensive line, like he he kind of matters. He's the first man up off of the practice squad. So your thoughts, Simon? Yeah, I mean University of Miami kid, I know he was pretty highly regarded coming out. I know Pro Football Focus really liked him coming out. He's bounced around some practice squads, bounced around some the Colts and the Saints and um, played a bit for the Giants as well. Um, I mean, you know, he's just a guy as far as I can, um, as far as I can make out. It was decent against the run, certainly in college. I think he played well against the run for Miami. Yeah. He was a, um, he was a he was a fabulous college player, meaning you know he was a good college player. Like not that not a guy I would say was going to translate to the NFL. Good on him that he's played. You know. Since 2018, that's that's a pretty decent career so far, you know, on four different teams, five years. That's not terrible. I, it's yeah. farther than I thought he would get. I mean, just looking at his combine uh, numbers, he was 6'4 and 4'8, 286. He had an 83-inch wingspan, which is pretty um, pretty decent. But I thought he was. I thought he played well for Miami, um, and I thought he was a solid fifth-round pick, and it just feels like he kind of hasn't trained on, really. Um but yeah, yeah, I mean he's solid practice squad fodder, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, any thoughts on RJ McIntosh? Other than other than renaming the the <laughs> podcast three soft body guys, um, <laughs> no, uh, I mean I it, it always it always raises an eyebrow. Two things always raise an eyebrow with me. One, whenever we do this, like we sign we sign kind of you know the nobody guy. Uh, that that is from Miami, mm-hmm. like um, and the, which is always always an interesting development when it happens. You know, to, I'm talking about the practice squad, not the, the 53 man rosters. You know, they I think that's taken very serious. I think it's all taken seriously, but it always raises an eyebrow. And and the other thing that always raises an eyebrow is when it's uh when it's the the nobody guy uh, repped by Drew Rosenhaus. <laughs> so and, <laughs> yeah, and, and and he's both. So. <laughs> So, um, so I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, now this one's kind of interesting. Um, and Dominican Sue's agent has made it known that they kind of shopped his wares around and he chose quote unquote, chose 
the the Eagles, uh, considering his relationship with the Dolphins previously, stands to reason that maybe you know they put it out there like, hey, you know, any interest? Would you have had interest, Simon, on on the two signings that the Eagles made here uh, this week, who, who actually made a pretty big contribution? They both had a sack against the Colts, but Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, considering Emmanuel Ogba is now done for the year. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both good players. I think they're both have still got something to to offer as seven tackles, two sacks combined between the two of them. I've always thought Linval Joseph is a really good player. Um, and I thought they were, you know, it's a typically good Philadelphia signing that Harry Roseman always makes, you know, astute signings. Saw his run defense was in a bit of a rut, called up two different, you know, two veterans, you know, to come in and stuff the run, offered them identical contracts, said, we'll see you on the field on Sunday. And, and they showed up. So, um, you know, typical Roseman deal. Um, and I thought they both played well yesterday. Would you have had any interest? Because they signed for nothing. Like, and Damakasu really wants to play football. If if he's gonna sign for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that man's worth well over a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I, he's made money from football. I, I yeah, that I, actually the 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 amount of money that he signed for is is kind of eye opening to me because you know the salary is only seven hundred fifty thousand. It's it's basically a two one year two million dollar deal. It's so low, um, and he's you know he's about thirty six years old. I kind of wonder if like. It, it it it's almost it almost goes the complete you know opposite direction like it's it's such a low amount of money and he's been sitting out there all this time that and he's and he's rich you know i, I don't know did he just look this as like a two million dollar cash grab you know <laughs> mm. like hey i get i get to mostly I'll, I'll go mostly sit the bench for uh for a couple months or you know maybe go out there and, and play a few snaps or something like that but i'm getting two million dollars i mean i'd do that for two million dollars wouldn't you um <laughs> yeah. you know and play, like, and play a little like, football yeah i actually i actually kind of wonder you know how serious is he at this point because the market's saying he's not he's not all that serious mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, would you have like listened if he was shopped to you as a rotation player for this defensive line? I would have. I would have personally. Yeah, and, and and you know, given his uh, he did, he still does, I believe, have a relationship with Steve Ross. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's uh, it's interesting that Miami punted on it, but um, I mean, not that we knew that they're. I, I don't know if they were even looking, you know what I mean? Right. So Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's them talking, you know, they were saying, Oh, you know, a lot of interest. There, there was a lot of interest out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, usually when an agent says, Hey man, there was a lot of interest, you know, you, you perk up and you say, okay, if there was a lot of interest and they were shopping his wares and uh-huh. how would he, how would they not shop his wares to Miami since he has a house down here? You know, he also has a house in Tampa, by the way, like this guy has a lot of houses. Like he's really rich. And Dominican Sue, like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know, man. I I I, I kind of would want a guy like that that wants to play for for just two million dollars. Well, you know, maybe maybe he had a bunch of uh, maybe he had a bunch of money caught up in uh, in FTX and uh, and all. all <laughs> that that don't shit, make a know? lot of sense, right? And he's like, you know, I'm, I'll I'll take a two million dollar cash grab. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, moving off of off of that, but we're gonna start talking about these some of these games. Uh, Simon, you saw the you saw the games this week, and uh, the Bills got it together enough to overcome the the Browns. Browns dropped so many touchdowns early on in that game; they could have they could have made it 
a little bit bigger of a mountain to climb. But if you saw the rest of our division, namely that Patriots-Jets game, like this is a race between two teams and, you know, need not apply those other two teams. You you agree, right? That that was pathetic, that, what, what those two teams put on display there yesterday. Well, it was pathetic offensively. I thought it was an, an, another really good defensive display from the Patriots. You know, Matthew Judon's having a defensive player of the year um, type season. You Easily, look at yes. Like Josh Uche is, is playing really well. You look at the corners, the rookie Jack Jones is having an outstanding season. Jonathan, Jonathan Jones on the other side is playing really well. So defensively, I think the Patriots are, you know, are a really good team. Offensively, it's been a struggle, but it's a struggle really. Uh, you know, I, I know it's, I know it's fashionable for Miami fans to bash opposing teams' quarterbacks because it makes them feel better about themselves. Um, I know Matt Jones hasn't had an amazing year, but you really have to look at the coaching situation there in terms of the offensive coaching because it just feels like Bill Belichick has just sort of thought, "Fuck it, I'm just going to do what I, you know, I've won six Super Bowls, I'm going to do what the fuck I want." Because having Joe Judge and um. Matt Patricia, cool plays, especially Matt Patricia. I mean, some of the play calling yesterday was an absolute embarrassment, frankly. Um, I've got a couple of Patriots fans, friends who are just like, I mean, you know, it's the worst, most shambolic offensive play calling performance they've ever seen. Um, so Wor- you know, Worse I than Team USA, huh? <laughs> worse than Team USA, mate. Um, <laughs> astonishingly. Uh, I, know that's, I know that's pretty hard to believe. But yeah, I think... Um, you know, so I, I I do think there are you know there are elements involved, uh, there are levels, uh, and same with the Jets. Look, I think it's a you know I've said it on this podcast a number of times, but I think Zach Wilson's the worst quarterback in the NFL by a comfortable stretch. I think his performance yesterday was 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 awful. You look at some of the open throws that he missed. I found it really unconscionable to to read people that I really respect, like Daniel Jeremiah, sort of giving him a free pass and saying that the weather was bad and the pay, you know that's that's bullshit. You know, that's bullshit. We're we're beyond that. You know, yeah, it was too windy. It. Well, this is a guy that played in Provo, and last time I checked, you know, it's not the weather's not always amazing in Utah. Yeah, um, yeah, Utah's hell on earth in November. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that that I just found really uncomfortable, especially with somebody who I've got huge respect for in in Jeremiah. Um, you know, I, I think not only did he perform really badly, he missed a lot of open receivers. I thought it was really funny watching people like Source Gardner retweeting stuff and then saying, oh, no, it wasn't really me. It was obvious who Garrett Wilson was talking about uh, after the game in the locker room, talking about that, you know, people not taking things seriously enough. And, you know, Dan Olovsky tweeting this morning videos showing that it was clear that that, that Wilson didn't have an understanding of of the playbook and what, what was involved in certain plays. Um, and I just think it's, you know, Robert Salah's got a, you know, He's not just he's not just a spokesperson for Zach Wilson. He's a spokesperson for the other 52, 51 men on that roster. Um, and I think they need to make a decision sooner rather than later, which would involve benching Wilson. I, I think for us as Dolphins fans, having to play the Jets again, you'd want Wilson playing. Yes. Um, because he's, you know, unspeakably bad. Uh, and this isn't just, you know, this isn't just a situation of pushing down another guy that we play in the same division as to pump the tires of, of anybody, quite frankly, because he he really is has been awful. And, and I think the most damning indictment is the fact that the Jets got the ball back in a 3-3 game. That with, was... I'd never seen anything like that. Just under two minutes to go, ball at the 35-yard line, two timeouts, and... They're you know, trying to run out the clock. <laughs> and they ran the clock out. They ran twice and then threw behind the sticks to, to Michael Carter, who got blown up. <laughs> by Carl Duggar, um, another Patriot defender having an excellent season. 
and he just thought, and then punted to Marcus Jones, who I think had six, but it could have been nine kick and punt returns during his career at Houston. Um, line drive kick, took it all the way. And, it, uh, you know, I mean, I don't care who won that game, but I was pretty happy to see the Jets lose, given just how inept that offensive performance was. But, I mean, I liked Wilson coming out of BYU. I thought he was a decent player, but uh, it just feels like he's, I don't know about you, Chris, but it just feels like he's fallen off the face of the earth. And I, I genuinely am not sure how you, you pull this back. Very quickly, does Joe Douglas, if they if they declare him, if, Joe, if Robert Sala, if Robert Sala benches him for the rest of the year, it's pretty much over. It's Josh Rosen all over again. Pretty much, considering his numbers, okay. So does Joe Douglas survive this? Because he's a favorite. He's a, he's a media darling in New York. Does he survive this? Because a lot of eggs went in that basket, Simon. Very quickly before I well, move on to Chris, I, I think they're putting them. It's such a difficult decision because look, we we've been in the same situation ourselves where we've talked about you've got to give players time and you've got to give them this and you've got to give them that. And we had the same with Tour and it's only second year with Zach Wilson, and he's you know he's been injured as well. Um, but it will put it will be a very interesting situation in terms of look, there, there may be a couple of free agent quarterbacks, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, who might be out there. You'd certainly look about, you know, would you trade a a first rounder or a second and a third and a fourth rounder for Derek Carr? Would you give up multiple ones for Aaron Rodgers? With the roster they've got, you potentially you potentially would do. I mean, that's a really good team. It's a team that's kind of built to win pretty soon. Um draft wise, what are they now? Six and four. Realistically, you're not going to get a chance at Young, Levis, Richardson, Stroud. I mean, I'm not as high on CJ Stroud as, as some others are. Where does Tanner McKee end up going? You know, I, I, do they even want to look at a rookie quarterback? I, I kind of feel like they want to bring in a veteran. And you know, Derek Carter, the Jets wouldn't be, you know, beyond the realms of uh, of possibility. Um, I just don't know that you can carry on with. I, I just don't think it, for the good of that team. I don't, I don't think you can play Zach Wilson for the rest of the season. I, I just think his confidence is short. It's clear that the the, the the team, it's very clear that the team aren't particularly happy. Um, and I know that a couple of the players have come out and subsequently having retweeted terrible stuff have come out and said, "No, no, it's all good. It's all fine." You you look at what the Jets beat writers are saying today, and it's clear that in that locker room there's some pretty significant dissent. Um, uh, and a lot of angry people after Wilson said he didn't let the, the defense down. You know, you've got to fall on your sword there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, very quickly before we go to break, uh, you get the warm and fuzzies like I do. Like, there's nobody really chasing us. It's us and the Bills and nobody else. I really do believe this. Uh, you know, how, Chris? Do, how do we, how do, it, it's it's actually amazing that we can think this and and, and justify it. Um, because I'm not saying it's an unjustified sentiment, but the entire division is seven and three, seven and three, six and four and six and four. And we're sitting here looking down at our noses at every single other person team in the division, except the bills. And it's like, okay, both of the teams we're looking down our nose at are six and four, you know, and what, and one of them beat the top, you know, they, they really beat the crap out of us, you know, you know, said it beat the shit out of us, but um, they, they really, I mean, the jets, they won, you know, they beat us. So when it's hard to like look down your nose at them, but there are some like interesting, you know, aspects of the, of the Zach Wilson debacle. And it really is kind of, it's turning into that right now, especially coming to a head this week, you know, obviously that was that was a not the way to answer that question, and and obviously I think a lot of the people on the defensive side of the ball in the, in, in New York kind of feel you know have some feelings about that. 
Um, even though somebody in the somebody clearly in the social media department of the Jets like phoned someone else up and phoned up the players who are like, hey, you better walk that back, <laughs> you know. Um, and so uh, so you have several players uh, saying, oh, I didn't mean to like that tweet at all. You know, that wasn't me. I got hacked, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think it's interesting, though, because if you do bench him, you know, can he recover from this? Um you know, and there's there's a lot of interesting aspects of it. Uh, one aspect of it is, is you know, because we're obviously going to see a little bit of ourselves in this or our, our former situations with either Ryan Tannehill or, um, you know, people being unhappy with Tutunga Valoa until, until this year. And I think that there's almost like, you know, there's almost like a and we and you go back to Josh Rosen and when you know the Dolphins traded for Josh Rosen gave a second round pick and I you know some of us were like that's that's a wasted second round pick you know that you shouldn't have done that and other people are like you know oh no you, you got to give these guys time and stuff like that there's almost like a Mendoza line though um, for for young quarterbacks in terms of you know when it's when it's worth it to be patient and when it's not you know the amount of patience that you have versus the uh, just the sheer magnitude of their sucking on the field you know and and, and I think that um, I think that Zach Wilson is playing below that that Mendoza line um, and I and that and Josh Rosen did as well yet you know his rookie year no it was not a good situation obviously and yeah you do generally have to be uh, patient with young players but also he had like one of the worst quarterback seasons in the history of football so um, you know if you, analytically. Uh, so I, I think that Zach Wilson is skirting that really. And, and that's what um, that's, so that's one interesting thing. But one thing I want to know about is, um, is if they do decide to stick will with him, you know, what's his relationship like with the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur and, and what do the jets think of Mike LaFleur? Because obviously Mike LaFleur and, and, and Mike McDaniel have a, a strong relationship. And um, and so, you know, I kind of look at it down the road and it's like, well, you know, you look at Zach Wilson, he's he's a he's a coach killer. Right. He gets coaches fired. That's the that's the kind of quarterback he's looking like he's uh, like he's going to be. Is he going to get the offensive coordinator of the Jets fired? And if he does get the offensive coordinator of the Jets fired, is Mike McDaniel going to be like, like, make some room over here and be like, well, you can coach somewhere under me, you know? Yeah, um, especially now that Justine Anderson is reporting that Daryl Bevel is going to get head coaching looks this yeah, offseason. I mean, and, well, not just Daryl Bevel, but because there was a report even before that that Frank Smith is being looked at as um, as head coach material. Yeah, um, and Frank but, Smith, uh, that he has the look of the guy that's going to sit down in a, in a meeting room in, in an interview and knock it out of the park because he's a yeah. talker and a charmer, you know? And and Daryl Bevel is uh, is well respected. Obviously, you know what he's done, what how he's helped Tua Valoa grow is is really um, impressive. And so he's gonna he's gonna get some looks. Uh, if he's not, you know, he might get looks. It's not just head coach with him because he's not the offensive coordinator here. So he could you know he could look to get a bump up somewhere and get the the full offensive coordinator title and start making his uh, his case for head coach. But um, you know, it kind of makes me wonder if uh, if if Zach Wilson gets Mike Lafleur fired, or or Mike or Mike Lafleur gets Mike Lafleur fired. I mean, you, you never know what the real reason is. But um, do, does Mike McDaniel give him a call? Um, and that's that's one thing. But otherwise, Zach Wilson, you know, as a prospect, 
Um, it's it's so it's so weird because you look at him and he, and and he just I don't know he just he just looks spoiled to me, but for some reason, but uh, but it really was like his 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 career in BYU, at least that last year in BYU was just so spoiled because he, he had so much time and space behind that offensive line. They never played any good defensive fronts uh, that year at, at all. Um, and, and the offensive line had really some really good players on it. So he had, he had the kind of time and space back there to like read a book and then do some Pilates. I mean, he was, he, you know, he could, he could do whatever he wanted back there in that, that BYU backfield. Um, and so, you know, he got to do, he got to do some really cool trick shot looking stuff, you know, on his terms, you know, at his leisure. And, uh, and that, that impressed everybody. They start referring to him as like the next Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that. And I thought that that reflected a fundamental misunderstanding of what made Mahomes such a compelling prospect because Mahomes never had a pocket at Texas tech. And so everything that he was doing was to try and consistently succeed despite having like zero pocket and zero protection in front of him. He wasn't doing everything on his own terms. He was just trying to, trying to do the best he could. And, and to some degree, I think you'd say the same thing about Josh Allen in Wyoming. Um, but you know, and, and you look at BOIU and it was, it was totally not that it was just, you know, a guy who could skate around and do whatever he wanted back there and, and try and look good for the cameras. And, um, and now that he's with the jets, he's facing, you know, real pressure. He's, he doesn't have a great offensive line in front of him. They're, you know, the excuse makers are not inaccurate in the things that they're pointing to. Um, but, you know, it's it's predict it's predictable how it's coming apart for him, though, because, you know, he did not he had it. He had it a lot better <laughs> at BYU than he has it yeah. uh, right now. And um, and and that's and that's what's happening. And so it's unfortunate. And, you know, it's not our team and it's the Jets. So we get to be like, ah, you know, like all that. But, um, <laughs> you know, still it's uh, it's you're watching you're watching a train wreck happen right now is what you're doing. Um, and yet, and yet then I, I, I say that, and then I look back at the, the record and they're six and four and they beat us. <laughs> I'm like, God damn <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but still, that's what it feels like. Oh, that game, you know, some caveats to that game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and one, one large one, obviously, but, but still, but still, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to go break here. And when we come back, we're going to go over the AFC a little bit in a little bit more detail because as I look at it, it looks a little bit different than it did earlier this season. But first, these words. Let me tell you about Liquid Death. Uh, you've seen those. The tall boy cans, right? They, they look like beer cans. They have a really great logo that says Liquid Death. Well, it's, it's not beer. It's not an alcoholic beverage. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps. My favorite flavor is Bury It Alive. Okay, it's absolutely delicious. It's unlike some of those other waters you, you've tried out there, those flavored waters. They're not as good. They just really aren't. They, don't, they just don't taste good. These are not only refreshing, but they're cold. And especially since it's in a can, you put it in a, in a cooler with ice. Something I like to do is, uh, you know, I'll put one liquid death can for every six beers in the cooler, you know, just to break it up a little bit. So, yeah, liquid death. It kills your thirst, and infinitely recyclable cans are environmentally friendly. Liquid Death also donates 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Go get Liquid Death at your local Publix, the Fresh Market, 
or Whole Foods Market or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash three. That's T-H-R-E-E. That's our dedicated website, by the way. Follow Liquid Death on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. Use the hashtags, hashtag MurderYourThirst and hashtag Death to Plastic. Liquid Death. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, and we're back. All right, Simon, as I look around and I look at the the AFC, remember there's going to be four division winners. It's never been clearer if you look at what they have left. The Ravens, I think, uh, are playing the ACC or the Mountain West or the Sun Belt the rest of the way. Like that is as soft a schedule as you're going to get, and they have effectively what it is a two-game lead on the Bengals. They're going to be the AFC North champions. That's one already. Okay. The Titans don't play anybody the rest of the way. They're going to run away with that division. The Chiefs essentially just clinched on Sunday night football. And we already determined that, you know, at least I determined that it's between the Dolphins and the Bills for the division title. So if you look at what's left, Dolphins with a win against the Texans could effectively have as much as a three game lead on whatever seventh seed is going to come up behind them. And the Bengals have the, the the worst schedule remaining in the NFL. Where the hell are the, 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 the walk-hard teams, Simon? Because I don't see them. Um, It's as confusing. If you look at the standings, it's as confusing as can be. Where are the walk-hard teams? Like, there's going to be some seventh seed that's going to be like nine and eight. Well, it would be like the Bengals or the... Um one of the Patriots or the Jets, probably, I would imagine. I mean, the Bengals are 6-4. and four. Patriots also have a death schedule. Uh, well, I mean, somebody's got to make the playoffs out. I mean... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right right now, isn't this true that all four teams in the AFC East would be in the playoffs right now? Yeah. Uh, no, Jets will be on the outside looking in right now. They would? Are yeah. we sure about that? Positive, because I saw it. They're in the, in the hunt uh, right now. <laughs> so they would be out right now. Bengals would be in because the, so the Bengals would be in over them. Is the Bengals okay. beat the Jets, so they have the head-to-head okay. tiebreaker. All right, all right, all right. I got you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, if you look at it, if you look at this up and down, like there's nothing in the AFC South. The AFC North has the Bengals with the toughest schedule remaining schedule in the entire league. Chargers went five and five, and we get to play them head-to-head, so we get to knock them down one more time. Uh, the the remaining teams that the best is probably the Patriots uh, or, or 
look, the Jets might might get a reprieve here because Justin Fields is not going to play this this Sunday. At least it's looking like he might not play. But uh, yeah, your thoughts, Simon? Like, like where's the competition here? Because I could, well, see, I could I could foresee where if the Dolphins win the division, they could actually have even if they have the two seed. Okay, they could have a very soft landing spot in that first round. But if they don't win the division, they might have to go. They might have to go to some hellhole like Tennessee in the first round. Well, and some some you know what I mean? So realistically they're gonna have to go somewhere cold if they don't win the division. Realistically, they're one game ahead of being out of the playoffs, you know, and they've got a three game road road stretch of away at Buffalo, away at the Chargers, away at the 49ers. So so much can change. It doesn't matter what happens with Houston. You beat Houston, that's fine, but Tennessee win, Baltimore win, Buffalo win, the Patriots win, the Bengals win, the Jets win. It's it's status quo. And then you're going on the road to California to play Mike McDaniel's old team who know all about his style of play, his offense, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're going to play a Chargers team fighting for its life that's just beginning to get some healthy players back, Keenan Allen, et cetera, et cetera, and who lost, you know, on a by a field goal to the to the number one current number one seed last night. So, you know, this halo can become a noose pretty quickly for the Dolphins if you know things. The wheels do start to fall off a little bit, you know, because the, the, I don't think there's a lot of great teams in the NFL this year. But there's going to be an awful lot of scrapping around. I mean, you even go down to someone like you know, the Colts aren't out of it. I mean, it's tough for the Colts, but you know, we've still got a home game against the Jets last week of the season. Could come down to could come down to that. You just don't know, you know. We've got. I mean, it looks easy on paper, the home game against the, the Packers on Christmas Day, but that's still two-time MVP Aaron Rodgers is going to be back there. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not a done deal that that, you know, that game is... Then you're going to got to go to the Patriots the penultimate week of the season. They're going to be fighting for their lives to get in the playoffs. They could be fighting for their lives to, you know, to win the division. We just don't know at this point. Um, there's an awful lot to play for with six weeks to go. Yeah, the Patriots are not favored in the next four games, so that's another thing. So their 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 schedule toughens up considerably, and we already talked about the Bengals' schedule, which is a bitch. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Do you see it the same way I see it, Chris? Like, like this is a pretty. I mean, I I saw you. Do you just sorry, Chris? You just said the Patriots aren't favored in any of the four next games. I mean, no, they're favored in all four of them. What the Patriots? Yeah, they're favored in the next four games, aren't they? they no, they play the Vikings, the and then they play the Vikings. Bills. Oh. But then they play the Cardinals and the Raiders, okay. and they should be favored in both of those games. Hmm. And then they play the Bengals. The Bengals. And then then they play us, and they play the Bills. They close out with the Bills. Well, that's a tough schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, see what you're, I see what you're saying, because, you know, basically we're, we're – if we're going to draw a line – you know, we're going to say we'll draw a line. Right, let's just draw an imaginary line right below the Chargers, I guess, um, and say, you know, I'm, I'm not really taking the Colts seriously as anything but a spoiler at this point. Um, interestingly enough, they might play more of a spoiler in the NFC than the AFC because they have uh, they have six games left and three of them are against the NFC. <laughs> so, you know, the Cowboys, the Vikings and the Giants, they, they play all of they play all of them. So if they're going to play spoiler, they might actually just, you know, wreck the uh, the NFC playoff uh, picture uh, to some degree. But I, I'm not really taking them seriously. So there's you got nine teams. The bottom of, of the bottom of that are the Chargers at five and five. 
right above them is, you know, the, the Jets and Bengals, both at six and four. Um, that's only one game away from us. So we're, you know, we're one game away from, from essentially being that number eight team on the outside looking in. Um, so yeah, we do have to take it pretty seriously. Uh, and I think that, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely nothing, there's definitely nothing, um, that and, and not that the Dolphins or, the, or any other players or coaches are not going to take anything seriously. They are. Um, but we as fans have to, you know, kind of prepare ourselves for, you know, hey, if we if we just drop even a game here, like we go from, hey, we're first in the division. That's awesome. We're the most awesome thing to wait. We're not even in, we're not even seated in the playoffs right now. You know, like like that's that's the that's the reality of that situation so i you know i see i see what you're saying but um but i think that uh i think that down the stretch you know, there it's a tough three game stretch that we have right now um after the houston game and you know and also houston itself you, know, you can't you can't drop that at home but three games on the road against the 49ers chargers and bills i mean you know who's to say that we don't even go one and two there or, you know, or, or maybe, you know, um, God forbid, even oh and three or something like that. Uh, I, you know, one injury and, and there you go. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I would, don't, don't count your chickens yet in this, this crowd. It's just, um, we're not at, we're not seven deep in the AFC right now. If we were seven deep, I'd agree with you, but we're nine deep, you know? So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Longest win streaks in the, in the NFL currently, Ravens, Chiefs, Dolphins, all of them at four. So mm-hmm. that, that's, yeah. I, I just, uh, I just look at the division winners. I, I don't remember a time where it's week ten and you could reasonably hand out the four division crowns already. Like if you want to hand it to the Bills, that's fine. So Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans. Like I'll bet anybody. Anybody want to give me any odds? I'll pick the, those four division champions already. Week well, I, I'll agree with you on the Ravens, Titans, and uh, and Chiefs. Um, particularly, I think the Chiefs and Titans have it already practically already have it clinched. Um, but uh, and the and the Ravens, I agree with you on the rest of the remaining schedule, and uh, and so I think that yeah, those are probably the three division heads. But this AFC East picture, unfortunately, is. <laughs> you know, all four teams are winning. It was seven and six, seven and three, mm-hmm. seven and three, six and four, six and four. So how how could we how could we act like anything's decided there? Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this uh look ahead through the bye week. We did three shows in the bye week, okay? Which is either saying that we're getting really good at this or really bad at this. But the next time we talk to you, we'll be talking Texans, Dolphins. Until then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.